Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend and had some time maybe to get out, get to be with family and what have you. Uh, we had a little bit of rain. It was nice. Got some more rain last night. We're into October. October, the rain is supposed to stop now, but we always get nailed. Everybody thinks the rain's going to stop and it's no more rain. And then we get some of our heaviest, usually once, normally twice, of our heaviest rains the entire year in, in October. So always catches most people off guard. Well, let's look at this day, in not in history, but in dad jokes. We're shortening up the program, so we're just doing the dad jokes this morning, and we're going to get into Isaiah 53. Ooh, the biggie. Uh, I don't know if you remember Isaiah 53, but you will when I read it. Two fish are in a tank. One turns the other and says, how do you drive this thing? <laughs> They're in a tank, right? You got it. You got to get the first part of that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we're ready. We are in Isaiah 53. So keep that in mind for today and something you might even want to go back and read this chapter because if you've never read Isaiah 53, and if you're new as a Christian like I was, the first time somebody read it, I went, wow. Is God a God over all time? And over all generations, he he writes that uh, that is to be before it happens, and he he writes Isaiah fifty three as if it's already happened or it is happening. It's it's quite amazing as we look into this. So, Father, thank you again for this time that we can come into your presence and um, worship every morning, God. Uh, even in our pajamas, we can come before you. And, and just spend time as we would if we had a loving father in our home and we just wanted to go spend time and sit with him, Father. It's what we desire to do. You are our Abba, Father. So we thank you for the time we get to have with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 53, the suffering servant is the title. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him, like a tender shoot, like a, a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions and was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him and by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, 
And like a sheep that is silent before the shearers, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due, His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper his hand as a result of the anguish of his soul. He will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded, for the transgressors. Well, we got to stop on that one. Again, you remember I told you that, that me and my little naivete um, raised my hand in this rabbi in, in our Old Testament class in, in Bible school. And, and, and I asked him, how can you guys possibly not interpret Isaiah 53 uh, as Jesus? And, you know, and, you, and he just looked at me and said, well, it's easy. It's the nation Israel. And uh, how did he was buried in a grave with a rich man? How did he prosper after that? How do you do this? You've got to do some stretching. I mean, a lot of stretching. Those scales on their eyes are very, very thick. Everything here is perfect in its description of Jesus to the detail. And how many times is this quoted in the New Testament? All of the apostles, Jesus himself was not only acquainted with Isaiah 53, you can say he wrote it, but well before the time. Isaiah is living in the time of prior to the deportation of 586. So he's, he's, he's roughly 600 years before Jesus comes, certainly at least that. And here we have the description of Jesus' first coming. And beautiful too, because everything is about him coming to take upon the sins of mankind unto himself. He willingly went to the cross. He was numbered among the transgressors, with the two thieves on the cross. He was buried in the, in the cave of a rich man. It was the, a rich man who then came and took him down. It was this um, prophecy after prophecy. I mean, every single verse seems to be f- a prophecy that's fulfilled in Jesus. Probably is, if you go back and look. Uh, but it's, it's astounding. And as a young believer, Again, when I first got saved, I, I almost went directly to Bible school because I didn't know anything about the Bible. I wanted to understand it. So I'm, I'm taking this class within a year of, of, of being saved, maybe a little under, and I'm reading this for the first time. I've never read the book of Isaiah. And, of course, I read it before we had the class. We had to read the entire Old Testament in one, in one semester. So I, I just Isaiah 53 just stood out and like uh, a jewel in the midst of the Old Testament. And so I had questions for that rabbi. <laughs> and all the other guys are going, oh, no. But, you know, he's asking a rabbi about Isaiah 53. Well, why not? That's, the, that's what we should be doing. That's what the Jews did in Jesus' day. I'm sure the, the um, apostles. 
I'm sure Paul did it a lot. Anyway, moving on to Isaiah 54, the futility of Zion. Shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shoutings and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of married women, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwelling, spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more, for your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says the Lord. For a brief moment I forsook you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In an outburst of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting loving kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the days of Noah to me. When I swore that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you, for the mountains will be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken. Says the Lord who has compassion on you, O afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set stones in antimony, and your foundations I will lay in sapphires. Moreover, I will make your battlements of rubies, and your gates of crystal, and your entire wall of precious stones. All of your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. In righteousness you will be established, you will be far from oppression, for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. If anyone fiercely assails you, it will not be from me. Whoever assails you will fall because of you. Behold, I myself have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and brings out a weapon for its work. And I have created the destroyer to ruin. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Chapter 55, the free offer of mercy. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen, that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander of the peoples. 
Behold, you will call the nations you do not know. A nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and make it bare and sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush and the cypress will come up. And instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord. Well, you can see how 55, some degree 54, echoes 53. God says he will... And just as snow and water comes down, so his word will come down. Well, how did Jesus come down as the word, the living word of God? He came down from heaven to water the earth, to give us the living water. The book of Revelation, which we covered yesterday, right? Um, all who are thirsty, come to me and drink. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Isn't that profound how that relates to 53, the suffering servant, as he's ministering and coming? All the 600 years before he comes, and he's saying, come to me, all are thirsty, and I will, I will, give, you, I will give you rest, but he will, he'll give them water in abundance, life flowing out of them, torrents of living water. So that goes out to the, the whole earth. The whole earth is watered by the word of, of, of God, Jesus becoming the one who has come to intercede for us, to suffer on the cross for us, and, and to take the punishment of God. God was well-pleased. 53 says, to do this, and this is where people get all messed up in their theology. People, there's a ex-evangelical movement now that's becoming popular, and of course it's going to be popular with Christian recording artists because most, I'm sorry, never say most, there's a few of them, there's a few of them who are not in it as a ministry, they're in it for the money. And uh, they're in it for the fame or whatever it is. And, and they get influenced by the culture rather than by the word of God. And people start saying, you know, why would God punish his own son? I mean, that, that's, that's divine child abuse. You'll hear this a lot. How cruel. Who would want to believe in divine child abuse that God would abuse and torture and beat his son to death and hang him on a cross? That's not a loving God. <laughs> no, just the opposite. It is loving God because he's not doing it to be punishing cruel to his son. Jesus, it says in 53 that he willingly went to the cross. This is the, this is the imagery of Abraham and Isaac. And you've got to get the, the Sunday school coloring books out of your mind with Abraham and Isaac. 
Isaac was a big, burly 20-something-year-old, maybe even as much as 30, probably twice the size of Abraham, or at least equal. And <laughs> he's got to carry up the firewood, you know, on his back and, and get all this ready. Uh, Abraham didn't have to overpower him and tie him up. Isaac willingly laid his life down for his father because he knew. He said, my father is doing this as unto the Lord. And because of this and because of his extreme faith and trust and love for his father, he was willing to lay down his life because he knew that something, either Abraham told him or something intuitive, the Holy Spirit, whatever it was, was he knew, because Abraham told me, he would be resurrected. And he knew they were doing all this for Yahweh. So this is Jesus willingly going so that we don't have to go to the cross. There's nothing about divine child abuse here. It's all about sacrifice to love. There's no greater love than one lay down his life for a friend. That's what the cross is about. That's what Isaiah 53 is about. And this is why the hills and the, and the valleys will shout forth with joy as people will go forth shouting with joy that we've been liberated, that we're free. And even in, in we see in this middle in, in 54, you can see that the, the description of New Jerusalem, the walls being made of crystal, and the, the enemy cannot come against them. Yes, that's a description of Israel, and I think it's a description of, of the millennial reign of Christ as well. But it's the idea that if one who has received the suffering service understands the purpose of the Messiah, then they are themselves are under his protection. And, uh, and there's a lot. We go into 54, but we don't have time. So let's move on to Romans 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is that they're for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that a man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does the scripture say? The word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord, will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news for Isaiah says, the Lord who has believed our report. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. But I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth 
and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding, I will anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, all the day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. (laughs) So there you go. Isaiah quoted twice, uh, three times, I think, in, in, in just one chapter. And this is why every single chapter of Isaiah seems to be so full of, of prophecy. And we see this comparison of the law of Moses and the law of grace. And this was the, the big push on Sunday. How you are when Christ comes back is how you will remain. Those who are trying to claim their good works, and I go to Mass and I worship this saint and I do all these good works, will remain in their sin. Those who have sought after the Lord and believe by faith confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, the suffering servant, Isaiah 53, who came and willingly laid down his life for them, they will go on to be in heaven and to be given a new body and go into the new Jerusalem with the crystal walls and all the precious stones, everything we're going to see. It's going to be amazing. Charles Spurgeon, and Joseph said to his brethren, I will die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Genesis fifty twenty four. Joseph had been incarnate providence to his brethren. All our Josephs die, and a thousand comforts die with them. Egypt was never the same to Israel after Joseph was dead, nor can the world again be to some of us what it was when our beloved ones were alive. But see how the pain of that sad death was alleviated. They had a promise that the living God would visit them. A visit from Jehovah. What a favor. What a consolation. What a heaven below. O Lord, visit us this day. Though indeed we are not worthy that thou shouldst come under our roof. But more was promised. The Lord would bring them out. They would find in Egypt a cold welcome. When Joseph was dead, nay, it would become to them a house of bondage, but it was not to be so for forever. They would come out of it by divine deliverance and march to the land of promise. We shall not weep here forever. We shall be called home to glory land to join our dead ones. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What a strong comfort it is. Father, thank you for that comfort. Thank you for the blessing and the knowledge of being able to come before you and see these beautiful truths. God, bless us as we go into this day. Help those that are are seeking supernatural uh, miracles right now, especially uh, Ray's friend who is um, needing a lung transplant, so to speak, and trying to hold on to the one lung she has left. God, heal her, miraculously heal her with the antibiotics. And those that are still needing healing for the Dean and Kim and their daughters and providing God for their their needs, everyone who's looking for for work and have needs. So thank you for this wonderful day, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. There we go. That'll do it for today. Thank you, guys. And we'll pick this up again tomorrow as we get into more of Isaiah. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.